Hello, my name is Cheryl G, and I would like to welcome you to the Emmaus of Bus podcast. This week, we will end a series entitled Fit for Kingdom Use. In this series, we have discussed how God uses unlikely people to spread the gospel. This week, we will study how Paul encourages Timothy to see himself the way God sees him. So let's get started and begin this week's episode of Emmaus or Bus. The title of this week's episode is, You Have What You Need. We'll be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5-6, through 6. but first let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are what you say we are. Help us to drop all the labels that others have placed on us and give you the final word on our identity. Lord, I humble myself right now. Only allow me to speak those words that the Holy Spirit give me to say. Not my words, just yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. When I call to remembrance the unfringed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, And I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul writes this letter in order to remind Timothy of who he is. Paul understood that a large part of being a soldier in God's army in the Christian experience, is discovering who you are in Christ Jesus. This is the main purpose of the Bible. It is an instructional book on who we are and who we are not. The word was given to us in order to prepare us for when Jesus returns. We must read it and renew our minds or else we're going to spend a lot of time placing our identity in the wrong things. And identity is a big issue in the world right now. But thank God we have the word to tell us exactly who we are and whose we are. So in this letter, Paul says, hey, Timothy, this is who you are. In verse five, Paul reminds Timothy of the sincere faith that he possesses that was planted in him by his mother and grandmother. Paul wants him to know that the power that that there is in sincere faith. Sincere faith is faith without hypocrisy. It's the type of faith that prompted the centurion in Matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 13 to tell Jesus, Hey, you don't have to come to my house to heal my soldier because I recognize that you have your own army that operates under your authority and the authority of your words. And you can send one of them to heal my soldier. Sincere faith is like the widow in Mark 12 Uh, verses 41 through 44, who had only two small coins to offer and place um, what she had in the collection box. And Jesus noted that her faith was greater than those who were able to put in more because she gave out of her poverty. Sincere faith is when we hear a song like nothing but the blood of Jesus, and we must keep singing it because the truth of the lyrics speaks to our hearts. Sincere faith is in our spiritual DNA. Abraham showed sincere faith when God told him to leave his father's house and he left not knowing where he was going. 
This is why the first pages of Matthew, the New Testament, tell us about Jesus's ancestors from Abraham to his father, Joseph. Now, when Jesus died at Calvary and rose from the grave, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, their name gets added to this list and they become a part of Jesus's family. So the list is still being added to today. Sincere faith means being connected to a legacy of faith. It is a faith that is described in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 2 verse 5. A faith that stands not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Paul, Lois, and Eunice knew that they were on the list, but something was preventing Timothy from seeing who he was. So to have sincere faith means nothing if you don't know you have it. You must discover it for yourself. Family can only point you in the right direction. You must do your own digging to get to the truth of who you are by studying the word for yourself. The Holy Spirit uh, will speak truth to you the way you need it spoken to you to help you to understand it. But the great thing is that he can then take that same truth and say it to someone else so that they can understand it. But it be the same truth that he told to you. Amen. So in this letter, Paul not only points out to Timothy the fact that he has a sincere faith. He wants Timothy to understand that he also has these spiritual gifts that um, have been imparted into him by the laying on of his hands. So not only does Timothy have sincere faith, but gifts to enable him to do whatever God is asking him to do. Timothy, however, uh, was like an adult at Christmas who had all these gifts under the tree, but had not taken the time to unwrap them to see what he had. Notice that I did not say as a kid because children do not hold back when it comes to opening gifts on Christmas Day. They will open everything. So Timothy, the adult, has some presents that he has not opened. He may have shaken a few of the boxes and tried to guess what was in them, but he had not opened the boxes. Can you imagine being given a gift but not opening it to find out what's in it? You cannot even thank the giver of the gift properly if you don't open the box. Paul is telling Timothy and all of us that it is time to open the boxes. Find out what gifts Jesus has been has made available to you. Now, those boxes can include gifts of administration, of prophecy, of interpretation of tongues, etc. But there are two huge gifts that when you unwrap them, Paul promises in Romans chapter five, verse 17, you will reign in life. They are the gifts of righteousness and the gift of grace. He was telling Timothy that when you know who you are in Christ Jesus and understand the abundant grace and power that is available to you in him, then you can take that sincere faith that you have and use it to fan a fire. Then the other gifts will operate the way God intended them to operate. They will be full of life. When you know who you are, then you know that you have been given the, not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul was saying you must first know what is in you before you can operate in what is on you. 
The calling functions properly when the user knows who he is and where the power comes from. It is not in our own strength, but in Christ Jesus. Perfect love casts out all fear. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know who you are in him? God's love is the foundation of all that we are. When you understand this, then you'll be able to walk in what God is calling you to do. This week, I want to pray for those who have not added their name to the list. If you are observant, then you know that it is time to make a decision. It's time to come into the kingdom of God. Ask Jesus to be your personal savior today. He is the only way to salvation. Say these words with me. Jesus, I need you in my life. I cannot save myself from my own sins. Thank you that you died for my sins. I confess you as Lord over my life. My sins are now forgiven in you. I welcome you and the Holy Spirit into my life. And thank you that I am now seated with you in heavenly places. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. Find yourself a a Bible believing uh, church that you can join so that you can continue to grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Emmaus a Bus. You can listen to other episodes and gain access to free devotionals at EmmausOBus.com. Join me next week and we're going to begin a new series entitled Everyday Provision. Have a blessed week.